0: You're listening to the Relationship Centered Learning Podcast, a podcast to inspire and empower you to be a difference maker in a dysfunctional educational system. Hear weekly from adults and students who are having a radical impact in the education space as they share from their minds and hearts, giving us practical tools that we can take back to our classrooms and campuses. Here to take you outside the educational box is author, disruptor, and your host, Kevin Curtis. Before we get into today's episode, if you really like the GTKY concept of connections before content, but you thought to yourself, where do I get those good questions at? And you're thinking, well, I'm still doing virtual teaching versus in-person teaching, and I just want to connect with my kids, but I'm not sure what questions to ask. What we've done for you is created a free resource of 25 GTKY questions that you can immediately download and go back into your virtual setting or your in-person classroom setting to make a difference of getting to know your students before you dive into the content. All you have to do is head over to our website at RCL. F I R S T dot Sign up for a newsletter and you will get immediate access to 25 GTKY questions that you can go back into the classroom and start putting connections before content. So let's get right back into the show. Hey everyone, welcome back to the show. On today's episode, I'm interviewing Greg Morelli. Greg comes from a family line of educators, and I first met Greg as Coach Morelli. We were rival baseball coaches here in high school in Texas, and we grew in admiration and a friendship for each other. And Greg went on from the classroom to administration and is currently the Shiner Elementary Principal and was recently awarded Region 3 Outstanding Principal for TASSSP here in Texas. Mr. Morelli shares with us what makes shiner elementary shine hey thanks for tuning in let's get started welcome to the relationship center learning podcast where we put relationships at the center of all learning hey i'm super excited today to have an old colleague coach and friend of mine and administrator greg morelli on the show today greg welcome to the show thank you kevin and uh i'm excited to be here man i'll tell you what i've uh
1: like you said, we, we met, what, 20 years ago, literally. I think it was in 99-2000. You were coaching down at Tidehaven High School. You were the baseball coach there. Had a great group of kiddos, man. I, I still keep up with Aaron and a couple of those guys. I see them every once in a while in Bay City on my way down to the coast. You had a great group of kids. I had a great group of kids there at East Bernard, and we, we, we had several battles uh, on the baseball field. But more than that, I, you know, one of the things I, I, I developed a respect for you as a coach, and boy, uh, well, I've really developed a respect for you uh, with the things that you've been doing lately with uh, your uh, your 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 programs in, in terms of of uh, discipline, uh, restorative discipline plans. I mean, I, you know, I, I tell you what, I think I think that's huge having an alternative to to what we would necessarily call traditional discipline. You know, and more than anything, uh, what we're going to talk about today is is how do we develop relationships with students, peers, staff, everybody that get us all on a cohesive team. And, and let us know that we're all in this together. So I'm excited about talking about that today.
0: Absolutely, brother. So, hey, we start off before we dive into the content. We always try to model what we do in the classroom and that is the GTKY format. So coach, I'm going to have five questions for you all and right. then you'll flip five back in for me. Simple. And I tell teachers all the time um, that just this, the the questions that we ask on the show may not always be the types of questions you ask in the classroom, but they're supposed to be shallow, non-content related, but just fun to get to know you questions. So, sure. hey coach, I'm going to start off with a simple one. If there was a Greg marilly day and you got to do whatever you wanted for one day what are you gonna do oh man all right so
1: like, like you're gonna play I,
0: golf you're gonna go fishing well i'm just
1: gonna tell you all right so so you know in in our life my, my wife and i are my wife's an educator we have three kiddos they uh, one's in co- one just graduated college and i'll talk more about family a little bit but i'll be honest with you after the last six months of COVID, all right, at this point, I just want to sit down and watch a good football game. There you go. On TV. A college football game, <laughs> uh, whatever it is. Uh, I just, I just, I just want to do that. And just nobody bothers me. I just get to sit in my recliner, watch a good college football game, and just,
0: just uh, yell at the television set. Yeah. There you go. I love it. Number two. <laughs> All right, coach. You got $5,000 and you got 30 minutes to spend it. it. Where are you going? Where are we going? I'm going to tell you what, I'm going to make, I'm going to actually make it
1: pretty easy. Okay. Okay. I am going to, right now they're, they're recovering, but I'll tell you what, when they recover, I'm going to do it. I'm going to go to Hackberry, Louisiana. There is a place in Hackberry, Louisiana called Hackberry Rod and Gun. They, they do guided fishing, guided hunting trips. Uh, One of the best trips I've ever been on was in Hackberry, Louisiana. I went fishing. We limited out literally in an hour, both trips with the Stanzel brothers. But I would take uh, my two my two boys and my daughter. If she wants to go. My wife my wife and daughter, they're pretty girly. They're not much into that. But I'd take my two boys and my dad. Uh, we would go down to Hackberry Ride and Gun and we would just spend the weekend there. I would spend that $5,000 and whatever's left over, I'm going to give it as a tip
0: to our guides. And uh, we're just going to enjoy some time on the water. That's All right, great. brother. Appreciate it. Question number three, if the ice cream truck pulls up in front of your house or your elementary what are you getting Ooh, okay so um first of all i'm like
1: a I'm, I'm a I'm a i'm a chocolate connoisseur so anything with chocolate is gonna be great but if i had to get something off the ice cream truck that's like the 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 the, the thing i'm gonna get me a drumstick, a, yeah. a traditional drumstick with the chocolate topping and, and the peanuts on top that's oh.
0: Absolutely. I, yeah. can, I still get them at the gas station every once in a while. Yeah, you just, can get a
1: drumstick <laughs> blizzard at, at Dairy Queen. You can get it mixed in at Dairy Queen like that. So
0: All right. Well, I got to figure yeah. that one out. All right. Question number four. When you think of you, – well, you mentioned earlier, but like if you could watch you – know, you watch college football, but if you could meet one athlete in person, who would you like mm-hmm. to meet? I'll tell
1: you who, who – who, uh, and, and I've had the fortune to, 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 meet, to meet a lot of guys, but I'm going to tell you what, a guy that I'm really – Really impressed with right now, and and that I think is is a is a great role model for young people, and that's uh, Deshaun Watson and the Houston Texans. You know, he got that massive contract last week, and I don't know if you were able to see his news conference, but to watch his emotion uh, when they virtually pulled up his family on the thing, and and then to know the history of of his mother. Uh, raising him and and two sons and and them getting a Habitat house for Habitat from Humanity house and living in that. And uh, the fact that his mother lost her tongue to cancer and she can't speak. Mm. Um, And him just talking about that and the fact that where he grew up, most people don't get out of there. Mm -hmm. And he had the opportunity to Mm -hmm. and just, they were asking about his contract. He said, he said, I'm just blessed, you know. Mm Uh, that I have the opportunity, and, and and the fact that he has the opportunity now to take what he's got and go back and 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 fix where he's from, I I, I just think that speaks volumes about his character, and uh, I would just I would just really love to to, to know him better because I,
0: I, I, just, I that really spoke to me. Mm, nice. Okay. Last questions. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna keep it located in Shiner, Texas. What okay. is a Shiner fact that most people don't even know?
1: Ooh. Oh man. Okay, so let me let me let me tell you something. Okay, so I, I will give you a Shiner fact. All right. So Shiner was not originally called Shiner. Shiner was actually called Half Moon, Texas. Okay, and what it was um, back in the 1800s, the railroad um, came sort of a different route through town, and there was a little stop there called Half Moon. So it sounded like something out of a Western movie. But anyway, and Half Moon is actually about two miles outside of town here. It's actually down from the school across the road. And there's a, there's a, a sign there. So if you ever come into town, you take a ride. Right, there's a historical marker there that talks about Half Moon. But when the railroad rerouted, a, a gentleman named Henry Shiner, who, who owned a lot of land in town, they moved the, the railroad depot down to the new railroad crossing. And they called the community Shiner. And so so that's where it's at. So that, that's a little known fact. It actually originally was called Half Moon. And so our, our holiday festival that we have every summer, 4th of July weekend, is called Half Moon Holidays.
0: Mm. Okay? Uh, but that's, that's where that comes from. Nice, Coach. Hey, man, I love to learn facts about Shiner, Texas. So there you go. that's five questions for me or five for you. You got five for me, Coach. All
1: right, here we go. So number one, what is the most exciting thing that is going on in the life
0: of Kevin Curtis right now. Oh my God, exciting. There's not much exciting in the middle of COVID. Um, Mm -hmm. No, 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 I'm being honest. I'll be, I think right now, actually the podcast, because to me, this podcast is giving me a platform to reach beyond my house where I'm at now. I can't get into school, so this allows me to connect and still learn and talk to other people. So actually the most exciting thing I've got really going on and the only thing I'm really going on right now is the podcast. All right. So, uh, are you are you a are you a, a Netflix binger? I, I it comes and go. Hulu, Netflix, yeah. I, I definitely I have gone through Let's my see, binging. What, states. Tell me this:
1: What's the most recent show that you've like binged on that you that you enjoyed? Okay, my, for my wife, Yellowstone. We we we're like Yellowstone freaks. So gotcha. Oh, uh, last
0: Last Chance, you the college football yeah the one in oakland so i've watched the last two series but the last one i binge watched i watched all single all the whole entire series in one day it's out of the high school football coach that moved up to the university in oakland junior college Mm -hmm. and i watched the whole series in one day it was what was my football fix so tell me this so Mm -hmm. tell me a character on that show your reality show tell me a character on that show that you felt like you could relate to Oh, the head coach. Um, In what way? um, The fact that he, kind of like what we were talking about before we started recording, he's old school, and I believe that... He's still trying to figure out, and I think this was his, if I'm not mistaken, 40th year. And he, you know, they had just won, a think, a national championship in 2018. This was the 2019 season, and it didn't go well. Um, he had all three quarterbacks hurt. He had to put a receiver at quarterback. You know, it was, it was a lot of duct tape and bailing wire. But what he was trying to do was he was pushing kids in an old-school methodology, and it was – not as effective and to be honest as they uh, interviewed some of the assistant coaches uh, I can't say that they were uh, see it it, the way it was produced it seemed as some of the coaches were not as loyal to him because they were questioning even questioning him and the reason I say that is is I tell people all the time in the work that I do now people say how did you flip I said I didn't flip I just started calling new plays because I, I think I don't I don't think better many, plays, but, better plays. Yeah. Well, I mean, I tell people all the time and I'm sure people are tired of hearing this, but I always say you're, you, some of us are using that 1999 playbook. Like when I met you in 2020 and, and it's and there's some plays in there that work and there's a lot of plays that don't. And so I, that really resonated with me and just the characters, but the coach definitely.
1: Awesome. All right. So here's one that I think we're going to get into this as we go through this podcast, but um, when you were a child, all right. And you were scared, lonely, or hurt. Who'd you turn to? Uh,
0: my mom. That was mom, eight, yeah. my, well, my dad was gone most of the time, so my mom and I were kind of solo package. Um, yeah. I was eight and a half years younger than all my siblings, so they were all gone. So my mom was my rock. Yeah, gotcha.
1: Awesome. 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 Yeah. Um, see, I love the emotion, man. I love. I-, I love that. See, it's this. That's what's great about this. This is real. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. This is real. Okay. Absolutely. And, and that's that's my thing about all of this is when you're working with kids, you got to be real. Mm. They yep. know fake. Yes, we they will definitely. They figure out fake in a hurry, so you got to be real. Okay? Absolutely. All right, so so here we go. All
0: right, so tell me this. What are you most proud of? Um, Most proud of, oh, man, you know, it's so crazy because if you listen to Jonathan Brown's episode, he's like, "What do you give a high five for yourself?" And I'm like, "Man, I don't get. I'm uh, man, I'm a good person that's made a lot of bad choices in life, and so it's hard to, it's hard to say high fives. But there's been moments where I've taught kids. There's there's been moments where, you know, I'm just proud that I. I was able to make a difference. Like you said earlier, when we have athletes and and kids that come back, I'm really proud today when somebody reaches out to me and says, Hey, coach Curtis or, you know, Mr. Curtis, I don't even think you know this, but you made a difference. And I'm really, and so what I'm most proud about is the fact that now when I work with educators, some of them will say man I I was I was thinking about leaving I was ready to get out of education I was re- like I was ready to throw in the towel and but after listening to you today I, I'm kind of inspired and I'm remotivated, and I think those are the moments that I I start to continue to affirm. Like I think I made the right choice in leaving a public education to try to do this, and I think those are the moments that I get the most proud about. Hey, we're still making a difference even today in the middle of this situation. A Zoom training, somebody will say, "Best Zoom training I've had," and I'm like, "Yes." I mean, those are the proud moments I get, coach. That that still know that we can make a difference.
1: Good stuff, man. All right, last question here it is. All right. Mm-hmm.
0: are you Astros fan or Rangers fan do you know coach that's so funny if I if you if it's between those two I'm more of an Astros fan than a Rangers fan okay so I'm a very question. no 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 but it's really interesting because a lot of people I I've grown up in Texas my whole life but I, I if I'm choosing those two I'm choosing Astros but it, what's interesting is is I'm not a fanatic for one team I'm a okay. Texas I'm a Texas person hey
1: right now I'm, I'm going to tell you right now I am all <laughs> about the San Diego Padres right now they, they are they're so excited
0: about Well, but what I mean is, in other words, people said, "So are you UT or are you Texas A and M? Are you are you Astros or Rangers?" And what I tell them is, I do have favorites. You know, I I, I did college baseball camp for ten years with A and M. So if A and is playing Texas, I'm going to be more of an A and M. If Astros are playing Rangers, I'm more of an Astros. But if Texas is playing the Astros or not, I'm going for the Rangers. I'm going for TCU. I'm going for Texas Tech. Anything right. that represents our state, I just are I'm a Texas. I'm a Texas fanatic, and that I just want our state to be represented. Well, so it's not a cop out. I just not. I've not. Grew, I grew up an Oilers and a Cowboys fan. Uh, but if you ask me, but it was interesting. If you ask me, who more? I'm more. I would drew with more of a Cowboys fan. But I always tell people before they boo me, I'm a Tom Landry, Roger Staubach, Tony Dorsett kind of. Yeah. You know, I'm not a Jerry Jones fan. I'm a Cowboys fan, and you have to separate. You're, you're a true Cowboys, <laughs> fan, old school Cowboys. Yeah, fan. well, you have to yeah. separate the two. So just like yeah. we separate the GTKY and the content, that's what we start every one of our shows off with and so as we mentioned if you want to find out gtky questions for your students all you have to do is head over to our website at rclfirst.com sign up for a newsletter you get free resources we've got 25 gtky questions that you can download free Uh, all we do is ask that you sign up for a newsletter and then you can go back in the classroom and use those classrooms to start building relationships and putting connections before content in your classroom so as we get into the show coach we'll start out let's uh, i'm just going to kind of let you introduce you your family who you are as a person so i want people to kind of just know you who you are as greg morelli first go ahead
1: so so my name is greg morelli i am the elementary school principal at shiner elementary school in shiner texas i just let me tell you this i have the best job in the world i uh i get to uh, and i think the best thing about my job is I get, to, I get the opportunity to make a difference in kids' lives every day. And there aren't many people who can say they have a job like that. And I think that's the great thing about us as educators. We, 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 we all have that opportunity. And so uh, that's what makes our job very, very special. I grew up in a small town, uh, very similar to China. I grew up in a small town in East Bernard. My, my parents were both educators. Uh, my dad was a band director, and then he became an administrator. Um, so education was in the blood. Uh, I have a sister that's the elementary school principal in Columbus, Texas. I have another sister that is an administrator in KDISD with their special education department. My wife is a teacher here. My, my, my pride and joy are my three children. Uh, my oldest son, Caleb, is 22 years old. He is a teacher and coach, associate uh, teachers at Navarro High School in Seguin. Uh, first year, he just graduated from Texas State this past year. My middle child, Carissa Ann, uh, is is my baby doll, and she is a freshman at Texas State right now, uh, and she is coming home today. So we're excited to get to see her today. She left two weeks ago and told me she was never coming back, and she's been back twice already. So I guess she, I guess she misses her daddy a little bit. So anyway, uh, and then my youngest son, Kate, is a sophomore here at Shiner, and so he's got a JV football game tonight. So so we'll be we'll be going and watching him play football tonight. So uh, and then my wife, Dana, is a fourth grade teacher here on our campus, and course i'm just I'm biased about all my teachers but uh I think my wife especially is 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 one of the best i've ever seen and so uh, so I was blessed to meet her years ago through education so education has been a blessing in my life and it's and it's it's all like i said it literally runs in my blood because it's all i've ever known so
0: yeah, Coach, I love that background. And and I think that's what makes you kind of unique in this situation. Like you, you've you been surrounding, it's been surrounding you, education, as you said, growing up. Your parents were educators, you became an educator, your family's educators. So obviously when you guys get a chance to talk, I'm sure shop talk is what's happening in the family at all the <laughs> gatherings. It's hard to not talk about yeah. work. For
1: sure. For sure. And, and, you know, but, you know, one of the things that we've kind of had that we've kind of had to do that is, is uh, because, you know, when your education, it sort of always devolves into griping about education. There's, it's, it's not like talking about the good parts of education, you know, and I have a, I have a shirt that I, I wore all through COVID. You know, of course, the summer we, we dress down and we get to wear a little more casual. Of course, this summer I was here by myself. So it wasn't like there was nobody in school, but I, I had a shirt on that said good vibes every day and our superintendent always say, he goes, he goes, he goes, I'm so glad you wear that shirt. I said, yeah. I said, it doesn't seem like there's much good going on right now. I said, but I said, that's where my good vibes shirt. I said, that's why we, ch-. so we've kind of got that with the family too. We just don't talk about education when we have to cause, cause it generally always devolves
0: into the negative and I don't, yeah. I don't really want to go there. So. No, I'm with you. And I think that happens with any type of educators or that they, they get together in the same type of common, common place. And so family or not. So, so let's start here. One of the things that I, I've, like we were talking about at the beginning of the show, we, we met 20 years ago, 99, tw- 2000 season. I'm at Tidehaven, you're at East Bernard. Mm-hmm. But you look here and you think back, okay, if you could whisper one thing to Greg Morelli 20 years ago, oh, what would you tell him?
1: Uh, relax, just, just relax. <laughs> you know, I was so high strung and so just uh, wired up and, and, and you and I talked a little bit about this earlier. You know, I was, I was so focused on, on the next level of, of, of what we could do, you know, winning district, winning playoff game, getting to state, all, all, all those things. I mean, I was just, I was just almost obsessed with it you know? And when I look back on that, I think to myself, why didn't you just relax and enjoy it? Because when I do look back, there was a lot of it that I didn't enjoy because it, it it created stress for me that, that I, that I, that I endured. But you know, if I had just relaxed and enjoyed the ride,
0: it'd have been so much more fun. Hmm. So. So, so when you, when you look at from coaching and teaching coming into administration what was one of the biggest like eye openers of like oh wow they you know because i tell people all the time it doesn't matter how you prepare for administration in other words where you get that master's degree and how all you know what you're i think it's really difficult because nothing just like the classroom for teaching nothing prepares you for teaching but coming into leadership And leading a a campus, what were some of the eye opening like ah aha's that you're like, wow, okay, didn't see no one prepared me for this.
1: Well, you know, of course, of course, theory and application are two completely different things. You know, I mean it's theory is the perfect world, we live in wearing rose colored glasses everywhere we're going. And then application is the real world, what really exists. So I I think the very first thing that, that I noticed was as a as a teacher and a coach, I pretty much knew every day what was coming. You know, I knew, I knew, I knew my class schedule. I knew which kiddos were coming in the classroom. I knew what we were going to do that day. I knew all that stuff. As an administrator, whew, we roll the dice every morning. We we never know what's coming in the door. We never know whether as we're walking from our car to the front door, we're going to meet an angry parent that, of something that happened yesterday that we aren't even aware of yet. Mm-hmm. You know, we don't know. Uh, I had a situation the other day where a teacher come in and she was just like, she said, Mr. Marley, can I talk to you for a few minutes? I said, sure, come on in. And she closed the door and just broke down. I mean, and I thought, oh, my gosh, did someone pass? I, I didn't know what was going on. And there was a situation with her son. They were they had gotten, she had just gotten a phone call that they were going to have to go to Houston and see a specialist um, because of a situation with his eyes. And, and she, was just, she was just, you know, and, and, and so, you know, you have to be prepared for everything, because it seems like to use a baseball, uh, it seems like you're constantly throwing curveballs, you mm-hmm. know, and you right. have to be prepared to react to them. And, and and as the administrator, the expectation really is that that, that you're going to, you know, when I, when I was a science teacher, my kids would always ask me these questions, you know, and, and they, they might be some question that I had no idea about. But, of course, they thought I was the, the expert on science. They thought I knew everything that ever existed about science. And so I would always use example, I would always tell them, You know, guys, when you go to the doctor and the doctor comes in and checks you out, I said, have you ever wondered why he leaves the room before he actually tells you the diagnosis? They're like, no, no. I said, he goes to his office and looks it up. I said, because he doesn't have medicine memorized, you know? And so I would always put it back on them and say, hey, well, I'll tell you what, that's a great question, but why don't you bring that back to us tomorrow and we'll discuss it tomorrow. You look that up and let me know what it is, you know? Yeah. Here, here, as an administrator, you got to have an answer. You know you got to have a plan for whatever comes that you're going to you're going to react to it you know and so that's the biggest thing is just it's just the uh, the unknown the fact that every day is a new day and a fresh day and and you never know what's going to happen so
0: That's well said, man. I love the baseball analogy. So, so let me, you know what you mentioned, because we both taught science, we're both coaching, teaching very similar at the time. We were very, very similar people and just human beings at the same time, the more we got a chance to know each other. So I, I, I know I've thought this about myself, but was there times when you were teaching that you have like a story or testimony where you realize like, the relationship that you had with a cat with a kid back then made a difference in some type of circumstance, right? In other words, it was something that you're like, man, thank God I had a relationship with that kid because yeah. that in that scenario. So you got a quick story about how a relationship made a difference with a kid back then? Yeah, yeah so
1: – so- when, when I was teaching at East Bernard and teaching science, so my, my, my classroom was kind of in in the corner of the hallway and the hallway made a, made a left turn there and it went to the cafeteria and there was like a, a foyer and a breezeway kind of where they kept back when we used to have vending machines on campus. It's where all the vending machines were, you know, and uh, my classroom was right there on that corner right there. And, and the kiddos were all coming into class one day and I heard a bunch of commotion out in the hallway. And uh, I, I went down there and, and, you know, we had, we had really good kids at East Bernard, but, two kids had gotten in a fight in that little, in that little foyer down there, you know? And so I, I I came around the corner and I didn't even, I didn't even have to say anything like the two boys, one was an athlete and one wasn't, but they both looked up and looked at me and they were like, both of them like at the same time, were like, Oh, coach Morelli. And, but they, they like instantly stopped. Like they, they, they like, they like stopped fighting, you know? And, and I, I, and I was like, what are y'all doing? You know? And they go, well, he, you know, he started giving me that. He, he did the, I said, dude, I said, I said, what is, I said, what is going on, man? I said, come on. And of course they, I they followed me, but you know, I didn't have to argue with them. I didn't have to break them up. I didn't have to do any of that stuff. And, and I, and I felt like it, it was, it was almost like a, like a little bit of a respect thing. Like, like I came around the corner and without even saying anything, they both looked at me like, oh man. And, and I'm sure the athlete was, it was like, oh, coach is going to be mad at us, you know? And And kids sometimes have a hard time understanding the difference between he's mad and he's disappointed, Mm -hmm. you know? And I think that's one of the things that I really tried to instill as a principal is I'm not mad at you. I'm just disappointed in the choice that you made. Mm. That's, That's where I am. You know, this isn't about anger, okay? This is about disappointment. And how do we fix what you messed up? The fact mm-hmm. that you made a mistake because we all make bad choices, every every single one of us. And mm-hmm. I'll get I'll get more on the choice thing in a minute because it's our it's truly our mantra here, and it's what we use as the basis of our discipline program here at Shine. Okay, but I, you know I I felt like that was that, that's that's a good example of, of of the fact that they had enough respect for me that as soon as I showed up, they they stopped what they were doing because they knew they shouldn't be doing what they were doing anyway. And then I was like, y'all come on, come with me. They just walked with me down to the office so we could talk to the principal you know, there aren't a lot of places that that, that, that happens that way. You know, normally you got to jump in the middle of it and they're still trying to, they're still swinging at you and everything. And, you know, it's like, dude, calm down, you know, but, but that's just, that's, that, that's one of the examples I, you know, and, and, and the fact that I've like, I, I bet in my high school career as a teacher, I bet I wrote three discipline referrals ever, you know? I mean,
0: yeah. No. And that's why I say it. I, I think, uh, uh, the educators that are able to understand the power of that relationships and in and, and relationships kind of equals respect to kids, sure. And because that that's the the differentiation and the factor of whether they respect you or not is is whether they have a relationship with you or not. At times, right. so I, I I do believe and I do echo the fact that something like a, a school the size of East Bernard and with the stature that you have like people know who you are. So therefore, that's why I would say the smaller school, it's, it's, it is easier at times than dealing with the large schools where they're, they're just gonna fight at it and you're just a random adult trying to break it up. So I love, I love the fact that you give that testimony. So let's slide right back over to what you were talking about. Now you, you're, you're learning and you're teaching kids to learn from their choices. Because the hardest part for me, coach, I will tell you, and I don't think you've ever heard this. So I was coaching football Friday night, varsity, Clemens versus Steele, October 2007. Mm-hmm. And it was our first time that we had lost to Coach Jenks. And they hadn't, they hadn't won a state championship. This was when they were just starting to. But they were still new school, right? Yeah, they were 2005. They had just started. But here's the deal. I knew I got the assistant principal job at the elementary. But they were like, hey, three to four weeks. It's football season. You're not replacing anyone. It's a new position. We'll work on getting you there. But all I know is on Friday night, I'm coaching football. On Monday, I'm an assistant principal. And within 72 hours, they go from the high school to the elementary man, you talk about a shock factor in spending sure. 10 years teaching and coaching at the secondary level and all of a sudden I'm at the elementary. So as before we dive into making choices, the reason I say that is, is all of a sudden I'd use a vocabulary like, hey, you're making poor choices or, but, you know, I, I walked in, no coach, I walked in and I was like, hey, good morning, everyone. I'm you know, excited to be here. And they were like, hey, Mr. Curtis, you want to try to use your inside voice? And I said, what the hell's an inside voice? <laughs> right? I was like, what, what, what are y'all That's talking about? Because I was like, I got one voice. This is like, (laughs) y'all have different voices. Right. I was like, I'm coach. I coach football on Friday night, Monday, I'm supposed to use the inside voice. And then I noticed like they walked kids everywhere and supervised and then they had bubbles and tails and, and I had to open, open up ketchup packets at lunch. And I was trying to use my teeth and they were like, you don't use your teeth. And I'm like, what do you use? And they're like scissors. I'm like, who the hell uses scissors? I've never seen anyone use scissors. I I tell you all these analogies because it's these. were all the light bulbs so when i say that first of all can you can, can, do you can you feel my pain brother when oh so okay so so
1: and i was same as you so i came into the elementary world from the secondary world okay so i i had never been here and so my, my dad gave my dad gave me a pretty good piece of advice because he he was a band director and he was an elementary school principal uh, before he retired and one of the things he told me he said i'm gonna tell you something greg he said there's 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 two groups of people that you have to take care of in an elementary school. He said, number one is all your support staff. Uh, you, you take care of your custodians. You take care of your cafeteria ladies. He goes, cause if you take care of them, they will take care of you. And that is, that is wrong. True forever. I mean, so I, that's, that's a mantra to anybody who gets in administration. You make sure you take care of those support people. Okay. And I love you. Love you to death. Uh, great story of my dad and a great story with this my dad had a custodian at Markham elementary school when he was the principal at Markham elementary school back in the nineties named Johnny Garcia. And to this day, he sends my dad a card on his birthday and at Christmas every year. Mm, Love it to to, to this day. Love it. And my dad looks so forward to getting that card from him. I mean, it's, it's like, it's, it's just cool stuff, you know? Yeah. So anyway, so, but what I was going to say is, so like the other one was, he told me, he goes, you're going to be in a hen house. He goes, you're like the rooster in the hen house. He told me, he said, and you got to make sure the hens are always happy and you know who the hens are. Okay.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: All that, those teachers, you know, mm-hmm. he said, so make sure they're happy. He said, cause if they ain't happy, nobody's happy at the elementary school. And that rings true time and time again, you know, so, so anyway, that's just
0: something that my dad always told me. I I always thought it was funny, you know? Yeah. So I don't know. I, 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 it's just a different world. Very different world. It is a different world and I'm not putting it down. I tell people all the time, spending two years at the elementary after leaving the high school gave me the best foundation. So that when I became a principal at Carn City junior high, I was like, oh my God, like, okay. I understand what it's like at the elementary level. Now, as they're preparing for these junior high and middle school kids, I see where they're coming from. Yeah. I always tell teachers, thank you at the elementary. Without you, there is no foundation in education. You teach them respect. You teach them voice levels. You teach them you know, where it is to be supervised and all these other things. you do doing such an amazing job where I believed, and this was me, I'm like, holy crap, we fail them at the middle school and junior high because there is no transition. Kids go from bubbles and tails and being transitioned everywhere and supervised at every aspect of the school to go to class. Cool. And I think I think I think that's it's like putting kids in pasture, you know, calves in pasture and they just start running because they're like, Oh my god, I can sit anywhere I want, I can go to lunch anytime. Yeah, you know, I mean we sit with who I want. There's there's this inferred like you should get it. And it's like, no, it's such a gap between middle yeah. elementary to middle school and from middle school. To high school. And so, you know, earlier you mentioned you have a unique situation because of your grade level. So I want yeah. you to talk a little bit about how your school is structured a little bit different and how it helps you be successful.
1: So, so here in Shiner, we we are actually a pre-K to 12 campus. So, so our entire school district is on one campus. Okay. And so I am responsible for pre-K through sixth grade. And so, and then seven through twelve is our high school principal, a gentleman named Brian McCraw. Uh, and he, his office is right across the hallway from mine. And and at times, he's my assistant principal, and at times I'm his assistant principal. You know, if he's off campus or he has a training or whatever it is, uh, I I deal with junior high kids, I deal with high school kids, I, I, I deal with everybody. My primary responsibility though is, is to the elementary school, and so 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 I have a a, a a gauntlet of kiddos. And in building our in building our our discipline plan and, and what we wanted to follow here, I wanted something that that was easily understood by a four-year-old, but that could also easily be understood by a, a 45-year-old, you know? And so our mantra here is is really simple. It, when I do announcements every morning, we, we do typical announcements for any other school. We do the Pledge of Allegiance. We do the Pledge of Texas flag. We have a moment of silence. Um, and then I make the morning announcements, whatever those happen to be. We talk, we do student birthdays and all those kind of things. And then at the end, I always tell them, and don't forget, your most important job at Shire Elementary School is to make good choices. And literally, if you're in our hallways, the kiddos like they scream that when I when I say your most important job is, they say make good choices. So, like my pre cares are normally in the cafeteria when I'm, and it's right outside the the office right there. Mm-hmm. And so, when I say your most important job is, you can hear them. They'll go make good choices, you know. Mm-hmm. And then. Where, where, where I get the the, the feedback and, and and I know that it's a good thing is when I go in there to have breakfast with them. Right, you know they've just been with me or whatever. They're they're like I'm making good choices, Mr. Morelli, and I'm like fantastic. I said I said that's great. I said that's what I want more than anything because it's really easy for them to differentiate between is that a good choice, is that a bad choice. Mm-hmm. Okay, right. So. So that becomes, and it becomes the basis of conversation when I have, when I have students who do have to come to me because of a referral or whatever it is. When I first got here to Shiner, it was still very old school. One of the first discipline referrals I ever got was for a student who didn't have a pencil. And I was like, okay, I just got a referral for a kid not having a pencil, you know? And so I I took the referral and and I walked down to the teacher's classroom and I said, I said, Hey, I said, I just, I said, you know, you you wrote me a referral for a kid not having a pencil. I said, did you not have a pencil to share with them? I said, you know, I said uh, one of the things that I used to do as an you know, when I was in the classroom, I said I had pencils and rulers and protractors and whatever we were using on my desk. I said, "And, and what I would simply do with them is say, okay, you give me something and I'll give you something. So, uh, this is for the times so now, cell, the cell phone is the most valuable item ever. You, you can loan them anything for their cell phone and you'll get it back every time. So, but then, you know, they might like when I, literally I would say, okay, take off one shoe and leave it on my desk, you know? And they would like, they, they, they thought that was funny, but so I'd loan them something and they had to come back and get their shoe and they bring my thing back to me and we were done, you know? But again, that was relationship building by doing that. I could have said, what do you mean? You don't have a pencil? but you didn't bring your stuff to class, you know, and, but, but I looked at it differently. Okay. I don't, I didn't know the reason they didn't have a pencil either. Okay. There could be a multitude of reasons they didn't have a pencil, the least of which may be, I don't know, mom couldn't afford to go buy them a pencil. And and I don't want to make them feel bad because of that. What I want to do is I want to facilitate for them what it is. And so after that, you know, when you come in a new situation, you're kind of, you're kind of watching things. So as we did that, I developed a new disciplinary plan for the district and, and, and what we were going to do. And, you know, most elementary discipline plans, Kevin, if, if you ever look at them, you, you sort of start on top and then bad choices work you down to the bottom of it. You know, okay. you, you've probably seen the clips in the classrooms where people use a clip. You know, well, you start here, but but you, you only go down, mm-hmm. you know. Well, I, I didn't like that. And I thought, you know, a kid can't b- make a single mistake and then that's, that's the end of their day because if they don't have the opportunity to correct that, to make that better, then they don't learn from the mistake they made in the first place. Okay. And so so what I did was I created an upside to our to our clip stick. So everyone here starts on green in the, in the beginning of the day. They're, that's the middle of our clip stick. And so our school colors, of course, are gold and purple. And so you can go up from green for making good choices. You can go up to white, you can go up to gold and then you can go up to purple. Right, and this is part of our positive behavior expectation plan that we have. And if you get to purple each day and some goal, then you get your name in in a in a in a in a a ticket box that's in the teacher's classroom. It's it's like a like a a a drawing box. And then on Friday, she draws out five. Each teacher draws out five names, and they get to come to my office for a good thing. They don't come to my office for a negative. They come to my office for a positive treat. You know, I have a little store. It's just it's dollar store stuff, you know, stuff mm-hmm. that kids love. I mean, yeah. whoopee cushions and stuff like that, you know, and uh, and so, but they love it. I mean, they absolutely. The, it's amazing to me. It's I've got a room across from my office, and I'll open the door, and they'll go, those go,
0: wow,
1: They're like <laughs> oh, he he's got cotton candy today. You, know, I mean, you know, I always try to check it up a little bit, but it's just so funny to see their reaction to it. But the best part is. They almost always come into my office first with their ticket because they want to show me that they did something good so that I'm proud of them. Mm -hmm. That's Uh, that's my that's my reward. That's 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 my reward for the day. And it's why I do this job and what I love about this job.
0: So So when a kid struggles, what what happens with the clip or what happens So So okay,
1: so if they have a bad day, okay, they've got three opportunities in the classroom to correct that. Okay. It's same thing. There's three, there's orange, there's red, and then there's black at the bottom. And they, they know this, that if they, if they go to black on the clipstick, there's the potential for an office referral because they've had three opportunities that day. Okay. And then what I do is this, anyone who now, now there are some non-negotiables. Okay. Mm-hmm. Non-negotiables are things like uh profanity. That's a non-negotiable. That's an automatic referral. Physical altercations between students, that's a non-referral. Any, any type, I'm on an elementary school campus, so I don't have an issue with drugs, things like that, and weapons. But those would all be non-negotiables, and those are automatic referrals to the office. Okay. But the minor things that happen in class, up out of the seat, moving around, you know, those, those get those warnings, and they do that. So when they come here, though, the very first thing I do is I sit down behind my desk, and I have them sit across from me, and, and I say, all right, you tell me what happened. I always give them that opportunity to, in their own words, tell me what happened. I think that's so important to what I do Mm -hmm. because I give them a voice in what they're doing. And sometimes I know they're not telling me the truth and we get to that in the end. And we, we talk about the fact that it's important to tell the truth. But let me tell you what, where we started and where we've come in the 10 years that I've been here, it's amazing to me how few times... I have kids not tell me the truth. And, and I've, I've got numerous examples and, and I can talk about some a little bit later, but, but I think that's, that's, that's the piece that's most important. And then there's consequence. So, so one of the things that we do here that, that that's unusual is we still use corporal punishment here
0: mm-hmm.
1: in Shiner. Most schools don't use that anymore. Okay. It's a cultural thing in Shiner. All right. I do not use it often. Okay. However, I have some parents that, that want that as a means of discipline for their child, and, 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 and I, I do respect that, you know? I try to find the other means before that, and so I very seldom use it, but I, I just wanted you to know that we still do use that here, but I use it this way, okay? Every decision that I make as a principal, I make with a parent's heart, and I only use what I would use with my own children at home, with Caleb, Carissa, or Kate. Mm-hmm. And I literally sometimes have to put a name and a face to my kiddos, which is, okay, Greg, if this was Cade, how are you going to handle this? Right. And I do that because, because I think my job is so important because I think as an administrator, this, this is the most important piece of what we do discipline-wise. If I ever discipline a child for something they truly didn't do, that's the, I, I, can never, I can never grab that back. I can never grab that back. And I am super, super cautious about that. And uh, I I, I think if I had to encourage administrators for one thing, that's what I would be, you know, make certain when you have to make those decisions that you're making that decision based on what the kid truly did and not just on what some other kid said or what you heard or, you know, whatever that is, make that decision based on, okay, in my gut, do I feel like this really happened with this kid?
0: Yeah, I think there, there was a quote I recently came across from a gentleman named Chad Veach. And I think mm-hmm. maybe this, will, it's it kind of says what you were just talking about, Greg. And it said, trust is given, mistrust is earned. True. And so, in other words, we trust you, but until we don't. And for kids, that are feeling consequences or feeling like, Hey, I, you don't have all the facts, you know, around this, but I do appreciate, you know, the fact that you start out with the first restorative question that we always talk about, which is just what happened, you know, what happened, who's been impacted and how are we going to make this right? And I think I get, you know, Greg, I I know you've never really been to our trainings, but one of the things, so one of the things I want to educate you on is when I first drank the restorative Kool-Aid, after leaving it white and and going across all 20 service centers and training it, you know, I really was under that lens of like, wait, we shouldn't be punishing at all. And then I started realizing like, wait, I think that's a shift too far. Let's just go from the right to the left. Right. And then all of a sudden I was like, so if we go from, all punishments to no punishments, that's not going to be effective either. And that's realistically what makes me different in the restorative arena is I tell people I'm a unicorn. I started hybriding the two. I'm what I call restore additional. I take restorative practices and I embed them with traditional consequences. So when I'm still a proponent of in-school suspension, out-of-school suspension and detention, the restorative community is like No, in but what's interesting about that is is taking the two pieces together allows us to transition and hybrid our mindsets of understanding like okay there's still some teeth into it there's still some accountability into it and I think that that's where most school districts that have been in my words anti-restorative have said hey we're interested in your model because your model's not like everyone else's Mm -hmm. that I hear about or that I hear or read about restorative because in your restorative model. Model, I, I still feel like there's some sense of accountability other than just a right. conversation. Does that make sense to you when I say yeah, that?
1: Yeah, And I think the tough piece of that for an administrator is the fact that, that you know, if, if, if we look at the landscape of education right now, and particularly in staff, if we look at the landscape of education in terms of staff, I would say the average age of an educator in the state of Texas is, is late 40s, early 50s. I would say that's probably, you know, you know when you and i were going through college that that was there were there were a lot of education you know my son just graduated from texas state uh, a year ago i mean he 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 probably graduated with about 200 teachers at the biggest teacher i mean we're fixing to go through a very tough time in education when all our 50 somethings you and i included start retiring from this business because there's not going to be enough kiddos coming out of college to fill that void and our numbers are continuing to grow. Our classrooms are getting bigger. And so that's something that the colleges, universities, career, career paths need to really start looking at is uh, we're going to face a very difficult time in education here in, the, in, I would say, within the next five to 10 years. That's, that, that, that's, my, that's my guess. Yeah.
0: yeah. So, so when you think about this, I I know that when the kids come and bring you a ticket, let's go back there. Let's circle yeah. back. When the kids come bring you back a ticket, coach, I, I know this about you and I can see this in your eyes and I can see it in your spirit. Like you love these kids and they love you. So what are some <laughs> of the you. things, what are some of the things that you feel that you do as a principal that helps you build relationships with your kids? Uh, well, number one, number one,
1: I'm, 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 I'm real with them. So and when I say I'm real, let me, let me give you an example. Uh, literally an example from today. This, this is an example from today. So I was doing some walkthroughs this morning. I went down to my pre-K and my kindergarten wing and I was going through some pre-K classes and I went into the kindergarten classrooms and I got a little boy there named Clinton. He's, he's cute as a bug. Now he's a pill, man. I'm going to tell you what, but, but he's still, but he's still cute as can be. And uh, we're talking, they they were doing, they were doing calendars. So they were talking about that today was Thursday and tomorrow's Friday and they were doing that. And so well the teacher's talking about Thursday and Clinton's got his hand up and he's like, uh, you know, and, and, and I, I, I said, I said, and Miss uh, Smith was like, Clinton, do you have, a qu-? he goes, I have a question for Mr. Morelli. And, and so I said, well, Clinton, I said, what is your question? And he had a, he had a shirt on that had like uh, it had a Batman logo on it. It had a Superman logo on it. It had a green lantern logo on it. And it had a flash logo on it, on this thing. And he goes, he goes, Mr. Morelli, which one's your favorite? Which, which one of these is your favorite? And I said, well, I like all of them, man. I said, they got all got different powers. I said, you know, I said, Batman's got his belt and Superman. I said, he can fly. I said, in the flash, I said, he's fast. I said, and Green Lantern, you know, he's got a ring. And I I held up my ring like this and he goes, and Clinton just, he goes, his ring is green. (laughs) just like, 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 that's not a Green Lantern ring that you have. His ring is green. And I said, you're right. His ring is green, you know, but, but you know what? He wanted me to care about what was important to him, which was the superhero. And I was able to connect with him by just having that quick conversation. Well, in a kindergarten classroom, you know, that devolved into everybody. So then I've got 10 hands up. I like Superman. I like Spider-Man. I I said, well, I'm going to tell you what. Miss Smith wants to talk about Thursday right now. So we gotta get back to talking about Thursday right now.
0: Okay, but Greg, hold on, hold on. No, listen. That that right there. No, no, no. One, I love it's real, but I'm gonna I'm gonna pause there for a second because I need to make this a teaching point. Okay, what that kid did is he did a GTKY just to get to know you, right? Absolutely. So Absolutely. so the here's what I get teachers not understanding. Even if it was an impromptu, right? Okay, Morelli comes into the classroom. Holy crap, he's causing rabbit. I'm joking, right? <laughs> exactly. But, yeah. but here's the deal: the kid said, "Hey, he. I just. I don't want to know about Thursday. I want to know what Mr. Morelli likes about these four in my shirt." And then the kids are all like, "Well, let's." And, and that's why I say if i were if i were modeling for your teacher right yep. i would say this is a perfect opportunity to pause thursday for one moment and to go around because think about who they are they you got to know your kids it's That's kindergarten right. There's no way that Morelli gets to answer that question and not everybody else does. So you know in kinder, you're just going to have to stop. Yes. And we're going to go around, we're going to say, okay, look at his shirt and every kid is going to, but here's what I would tell them. And I really mean this. I want this structured. I want this organized. And I'm telling okay, so I'm going to call on you guys. And if you're sitting in a circle or if you're in your chairs, I'm, I'm going to try to give you the direction. but And I'm going to have the young man come stand with his shirt and I'm going to say, okay, Jonathan, which one do you like? Sarah, which one do you like? You know, and I would call on them and then I would tell them. Now, this was why we stopped. This was important because sometimes what Thursday is, is the content. I'm putting air quotes, right? Correct. That's important. But because we spend so much time with each other here in kindergarten, I think it's also important to know which character we like because as much as we know that about each other when we have differences or when we we when we dislike something or when we have conflicts or even and when we like each other we're going to know more about each other the more times we ask about those questions so what i tell teachers are is don't forget that embedding with intentionality instead of the impromptu when morelli comes in embedding those gtky moments and threading them throughout your day then what happens is you want to say so today we learned about thursday but we also learned about which superhero we would like and they're both important does that make sense when i break it yeah. down? because because
1: let me tell you what they're important to a five-year-old okay we, we have our own importances as adults but sometimes we don't we aren't willing to look at it through the lens of a student and we don't look at it through the lens of a kid and, and I, I think that's one of the things that that I've always tried to do, and and, and especially as an administrator, is I want to look at this through the lens of of where they're coming from. You know, do they? Because here's my thing: you you said a while ago you, you used the word punishment. Okay, you know, punishment has such a negative connotation to it. It's just ah oh, punitive, you know. Because there's there's a famous quote uh, from uh, a guy named his last name is Brazelton, and I keep it on my on my little uh, agenda that I use for my faculty meetings and things it's on the bottom. And it says, it says, it says punishment without education is, is a waste of time, basically. You know, if if you punish a student without educating them, okay, then, then nothing, nothing came of it. It it, it, it literally, so, so what we have to understand is punishment is not what we're looking for. What we're looking for is, corrective action in edu- educating wh- whatever happened on there's a right way and a wrong way for this to happen we want to encourage you to do the right thing not the wrong thing next time
0: don't make yeah. the same mistake twice no i agree with you well yeah. here's the deal they're kids they're going to make it two, three, four, Absolutely. five, six. so so what to kind of add value to what you say i always say that's why for me after Publishing restorative discipline practices and, and training restorative discipline for the first couple of years of this work, I started to slowly pull back from that word discipline. And here's why I'm really because when I would go into school districts and I would try to teach them an alternative to it, they were still like, "But where's it's worth the word discipline?" Because when I was at Ed White and we were piloting this. I would have, we were doing just in sixth grade, and I would have seventh and eighth grade teachers come up to me, and they were, and I didn't realize, but they were being facetious at the time. They would come up and say, hey, uh, Curtis, are we still doing restorative discipline here? You know, are we still piloting? And I'm like, yeah. And they're like, well, it's sixth grade, right? And you're like, well, I, had, I saw a couple of sixth graders being disrespectful to teachers. Or I saw these sixth graders being tardy. Or wasn't that a sixth grader in a fight? And these 7th and 8th grade teachers, I was like, what is your point here? And they're like, well, Greg, which is what they were doing. They were going, I thought we were doing restorative discipline. It doesn't seem like much discipline. And I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. So what you're hearing is is when you do discipline, you're not seeing the punishment. That's because discipline, the, the the word discipline, I tell them, if you break it down, it has a lot of different definitions, right? And one of them is, is more Latin to teach, to train, to disciple, to be a lifelong right. learner. But in education, we have twisted and modified definition of discipline to punishment, negative, punitive. Right. And, and to me, we won't change that, which is why I eventually abandoned the concept of restorative discipline as my platform and went to restorative practices because I tell them if it's practices, if it's a practice, we should be practicing. And for me, what I practice when it comes to kids making poor choices, as we're using our words today, I tell them vocabulary is key. So restorative practices helps me teach kids accountability by having a conversation and then discussing how to make it right and then discussing what are we going to learn from it and then at the end putting a consequence at the very end of that so there's an there's kind of an equation yeah. that goes through it but like you said I always say it's a mistake to not use our mistakes as part of the learning process absolutely and so our philosophies are aligned I just think that what some of the educators struggle with is well we've always done it this way and I said absolutely we and, and, and you're a perfect example because you don't, Greg, I will tell you the one thing that I, since I've traveled the United States now and wait outside of Texas, the minute, because I'm going to tell you, there are some listeners that are going to listen to this. And when you mention corporal punishment, oh, they're, they're going to cringe because when I tell them Absolutely. that that still happens in the state of Texas, you should see their faces. But I tell them, don't judge us. This is This is our culture. This is right. how we grew up. Correct. But if we go full circle and go back to what we were talking about, the kids that you're building relationships with, you're just being real. And I, and, and I had a gentleman on here, and I don't know if you heard the episode with Joe Beckman. He says, sometimes we're too busy trying to be extraordinary as educators. It's at the ordinary, when you're ordinary. That's a fact.
1: Absolutely. When you're
0: ordinary is when you make what I call, uh, well, Dave Stewart calls them moments of genuine connection. What are your thoughts on that and being ordinary? Well, I, I think this, I, I think that's what everybody truly wants, you know, whether it's a student, a teacher, a
1: parent, whatever, you know, they, they want to know that I, I understand them for who they are. Okay. They're, they you know, it's, it's, it's not about where they come from. It's not about, you know, anything like that. You know, I, I, I think, you know, we're going through a crazy time in the United States of America right now. I mean, just a crazy time. Um, and, and not to I, I don't want this to be political at all, you know, but I think a, a lot of the problems that we have with with what's going on right now is the fact that that to me, everybody's ordinary and we need to tr- we need to treat them that way. You know, and and my thing is this one of the things that I've told my teachers every day, and it's, it's a simple word, but I think it's so important to our mission and what we do and that word is grace, okay? That we have got to extend grace to each other and our kids every day. Mm-hmm. And, and when you look at a, if you want to look at a definition of grace, grace is undeserved favor, mm-hmm. okay? So if I look at grace, if a kid had a bad day yesterday, okay, tomorrow's a new day. We wipe that slate clean tomorrow. my teachers know this, if I go into the classroom and that clip at the beginning of the day is not on green. If that kid didn't get the reset and that kid didn't get to start, then I will go over there and move that myself and make sure, Hey, everybody starts on green every day. I don't care that yesterday wasn't good. I want to know about today. He's he he he's got a new chance. And, and I got some r- r- affirmation of that the other day. I had a little boy and he's, he's a pill, you know, you got, you got those ring, I call them ring-tail tutors, those little ringtail tutors. And he was in the cafeteria and he's raising his hand and, and I'm going and the kids love to kind of tell about who's on what color. They love to, when I'm in the cafeteria at lunchtime, they, Mr. Morelli, so-and-so's on what, and and, and and I remind them, I say, look, what color are you on? I said, I want to know what color you're on. You know, and they'll tell me, well, normally this kid is not, not on the top part of the chart. Let's just put it that way. This kid is not. And all the kids on the other side of the table had their, and they were like adamant like that day, like, I got something I want to tell you. Like I could tell it was important. And I said, I said, what's going on? And they said, Mr. Morelli. Caleb is on purple. Caleb's on purple today. And I was like, Caleb. And he's like, I'm on purple, Mr. Morelli. He was so proud of himself, but more importantly, those kids were so proud of him because he's normally not on purple, but that day he was. And what that showed me was this, because the day before he had not had a good day, what that showed me though, more importantly to me was that teacher, my, my class teacher, she extended grace to him because I promise you this more than likely uh, it was probably tough to get him to purple, but she used it as motivation for him. Mm-hmm. Okay. She knew, she knew that having that opportunity to get there would, do, you know, you get more flies with honey. Mm-hmm. I think she used that. And her and I had that conversation later on about it. And she said, you know, he he had had so many bad days, Mr. Morelli. I just, I knew he needed to have a good one. You know? And she said, I try. I just, I tried something different. And I said, yeah. I
0: love it, man. I said, that's great stuff right there. So I think when you what I'm taking away from what you just said, Greg, is is like, I think sometimes even reflecting on how I led as a principal, sometimes we're we're forced just because of the circumstances of education in our communities, we're almost to a certain force to lead with discipline. But what I love what you're saying, I think, and this is what I've tried to kind of echo in my blogs and stuff lately. Here is the perfect opportunity mid pandemic to start leading with grace. That means Absolutely. I, I know you, I know you mean that and, and I know that, but what I'm saying is, is I'm trying to get our listeners to understand if there was ever a time to embed grace with each other and with our students And with our staff and with our communities, like now is the time and I'm trying to get educators to understand, let's, you hit control, alt, delete, you get to reset your mindset. Like this is the perfect opportunity in education to reset our mindsets and to start leading, teaching and supporting with grace and multiple chances through every lens in education. I know you echo that because that's how you're leading, but great job. So I will tell you then, I guess if you're leading with grace, I guess it's working because congratulations, you were just acknowledged as the region. Is it, what region is it? We're region three. Uh, region
1: three.
0: Detroit's region three. Yeah, the region three, us. Uh, principal of the region correct Uh, yeah uh, correct
1: yes sir yes sir
0: so congratulations so how did that feel how'd that feel brother
1: well you know of course this is the one uh you remember coach apple that used to be the baseball coach at howellsville so jimmy apple uh he and i are still friends we we do a little we do some radio broadcasting here locally and and do games and stuff on the radio for for some of our local teams and and uh he sent me a a congratulatory the other day and and he and i were kind of having a back and forth and and I, i told him i said you know i said the one thing about being a principal there are a lot of similarities to being a coach in, in in a lot of ways but the biggest one to me is this and i'll ask you a question what do you, what, do you, what do you think made you a good coach kevin when you when you when you were when you were doing it? what
0: what made you good i think what made me good at the coach was the way that i was able to care about kids in a way that was real genuine and authentic. And and it wasn't, I had it, it wasn't like everybody else. Like you said, I took, I took what my good coaches did. I took what my bad coaches did. And I tried to be the best that I could be, but I generally found ways to connect with kids and that would be different for all of them. And I would use those connections to empower them to feel like they could do anything.
1: Yeah. Well, and ultimately I guess kind of what I'm getting at is through that they performed better on the field. Mm-hmm. So, 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 so I would always say this practice belongs to me, but the games belong to you because I don't get to step in the batter's box. I don't get to step on the pitcher's mound. I don't get to, you know, flip a double play. I, I don't, you, you, guys have to do that on Tuesday and Friday night. And, and, and to me, it's the same thing. I, I get to make out the lineup card here. I get to make the decisions and do all those kind of things, but ultimately my staff, my my staff gets the accolades because they get the wins for our campus. Absolutely. And, uh, I, yeah, I'm driving. I'm driving the train, so to speak, if you want to say that. And 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 I enjoy that. But I I, I can't tell you enough how phenomenal my staff is. I mean, when, when COVID hit in March, you know, we literally gave them a weekend to to, to get ready, and that entire weekend, my building was full of people. Uh, they were up here working that whole weekend because they didn't want our kids to miss a drop and it it came to monday we rolled out our our online learning plan and our kiddos were off and running and our teachers just it it was so amazing to watch i mean absolutely amazing to watch them work so you know and and now coming into 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 this school year they were so ready to get back. I mean, I was having to not let them come because of some things we were doing with COVID. No, I'm sorry. You can't. They're like, but we need to get in our classrooms. We, we've got stuff we got to do. And I'm like, I know. I said, but I said, I can't let you come. You know, I mean, we were doing all that stuff. And it, it's just, uh, I, that award for me uh, is the fruit of, of the labor of all the people here. And when I say the people here, my staff, my students, and maybe most importantly, the families that support us here you used a word a while ago that was important and that word was trust. And I think above all else uh, we have built tremendous trust with our stakeholders in our community here. It's one of the reasons that I am somewhat comfortable with, with the fact that, that we, we allow corporal punishment and that we use it is parents trust me with that, you know, and that's a, that's a huge trust right there, man. I mean, mm-hmm. Huge, you know, but it's also the reason, like I said, Unless I know for sure that that that's what that, per, then then we we don't we don't use it and it, it's 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 only at at when the parent, like Dis- wants their, it, their wants discretion, it. yeah, absolutely. correct. Yeah. They, they they want that for their student. They they ask then then, then it's used. But if if it's at all or not, then then we we use alternative means and, and use other means of discipline and stuff like that. So yeah, so in, in that term. But I I think trust is the thing, and and we've got tremendous trust. I have tremendous trust for my staff. And I think more than anything, if you ever ask a teacher, what's the one thing you want out of your administrator? I think if they're being honest with you, I know this is what I would always say uh, to the ministries I work for is just have my back, buddy, man, have my back. And I think my teachers know that I, I've, I've got their back, you know, they, they understand this, they make a mistake. I'm, you Know we're, we're gonna talk about it and try to make sure we don't make the same mistake twice, just, just like the same conversation I had with the kids. I mean, it's like, hey, that was literally, I mean, that was not a good choice, okay? Uh, mm-hmm. So we got to make sure we don't, we don't, that doesn't happen again. I mean, it's the same conversation, but I think we've built tremendous trust in our community, we built tremendous trust in what we do here at school, and so uh, that, that goes a long way in, in, in the things that we do here in China.
0: So I don't mean to put you on the spot and some people have been able to answer this question or not, but is there anything specifically you guys do Morelli to help build trust? And the reason I say that, give you an example. We used to do things like family feast Friday, where we would eat together as a staff. We would do certain. So my point is, is I'm looking, I'm just trying to say for our listeners, is there any, they can't recreate Shiner, Texas, but is there something that you believe like, Hey, if I could give a message to other administrators and leaders out there, or even teachers to come back and take to their leaders, what? What would be maybe a suggestion or two that they could implement to try to simulate and emulate what's, hap- what's happening at Chandler well, Elementary?
1: Number one is this, okay? One of the, and this is, this is a lot in dealing, in dealing with parents. So one of my favorite things, you know, and, and it's been since I began administration, one of the favorite things the parents like to say is they like to deal in the world of, is it fair or not fair? Fair to my kid, not fair. Well, I always have always viewed fairness as a relative term. Okay, what's fair to Kevin Curtis and what's fair to Greg Morelli, even with the same situation are going to be two different things, because you, you have a different view of that, I have a different view of it. So, the thing that I always say when people bring up the fair question is, I said, you're right. I said, it may not be fair in your eyes. I said, but I do want to ask you this. I said, it is consistent. I said, what I've done in this situation, time and time again, is the same. And I've been consistent regardless of who it was and what it was, the situation, what it was. We've been consistent. So I would say that's number one. Be consistent in what you do, however that is. If you have a discipline plan, follow that discipline plan and be consistent with it. You know, the other thing is this. I I, I just think this. You said it a while ago. I'm passionate about what I do. I, I, I love, I love your passion, man. I mean, it's just, it's just like, and that's something you can't, you can't do. And we talked about fake, you can't do fake, but I, I think more than anything, my parents and, and my staff and, 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 and I know this about my staff and my parents, whatever is alongside grace here at Shiner elementary school. We love our kids and we will do anything for them. And I think once that exists, okay, and, and and getting them to know that, and getting that to exist, knowing that they're going to be loved every day when they're here, even sometimes hard love, you know, but knowing that that that's not just a term thrown around here, that it's that it that that it's that is true, that that it's very much a family atmosphere. I mean, when you got K through twelve on one campus, and I'm, I'm too. There's this thing I think that's the coolest. So, so when my son was a senior on the football team. Five years ago, or whatever, he he was number seventy-seven. Okay, and so you know, the seniors they kind of had a weird schedule. They so Caleb would end up him and Taylor and one of his buddies. He he was our guard. Uh, they would end up coming through the cafeteria sometimes, and uh, the kids didn't even know his name. But let me tell you what they knew. They knew who number seventy-seven was. Okay, and he'd sit at the table with them. He'd do whatever, and then the and then we go to Pepper Alley, and they're high fiving, and the kid, and the kids. That, that's one of those special things that gets to happen here that doesn't get to happen everywhere because our kids get to see those kids, and they get to see them be a role model and stuff. And I, I never realized until after the fact how much that affected Caleb. Uh, you, you know, it was a big deal for the kids, but it was a bigger deal for him because he recognized that he had to set the example for those guys. And it's, it's gone over into his, his going to college and now him becoming a coach and all those things. I, I mean, it, it, I, I, I saw him mature through that process. And, and I think that's one thing that helps with our secondary kids here on this campus is they understand that they have a role in setting the example for our little ones. right? And that being visible and being those things, they have a responsibility to that. And uh, so I think it, it it helps on our on our, on the secondary side with discipline and things like that as well because those kids are trying to be the example and not the exception to the, to that stuff. So that's that's a big deal here too.
0: No, I think, and that's why I said. I mean, I just asked you because I think there's no way to to simulate what Shiner ISD has. Right. It's very unique for what it is, and I don't. But I also I don't want listeners to 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 listen to this podcast today and and realize like but we're not Shiner and you can't be. So, so for me is I don't want them to be Shiner ISD. I want them to learn from Shiner ISD. I want them to learn from Greg Morelli on what are some of the things that he believes educators can take away from this platform. Like that's why I had you on the show. And so, you know, when it, when it comes to just building relationships, what other messages do you have that you feel passionate about that you want to get out today?
1: Well, I just the the biggest thing you you have to be genuine in in what you do you know and and I think one of the things that there's two things that are there there are people who are passionate about what they're doing and and you know this is what I do Kevin especially in the coaching world passion is a great thing boy but passion can get you in trouble sometimes too because I mean you. You're passionate about something. Your filter usually turns off when you're passionate about it. So you might say something that you're like, oh, I need, I'll grab that back. you like, I can't grab, you know, so, so, but I, I think the other part, the other piece of passion is, is compassion, being compassionate mm. when it's needed. I, I had a lady come in the other day and she wanted to en- en- enroll her grandchildren. Well, she didn't have her paperwork with her. And the biggest thing is she didn't have, she didn't have, the proof of, of conservatorship over the kiddos, you know, and I was trying to explain to her and she just starts crying. She's breaking down. And I'm I'm like, ma'am, I said, I, I want to help you. I said, but I said, you know, she goes, you don't understand. She said, I don't have any of those things because my house burned to the ground. She said, I've been living in a hotel for the last three months. She said, I don't have anything, you know? And so I said, well, where did your kids go to school last? And she she told me the school district they were in. I said, well, let me call. So I I called the principal over there. I said, hey man, I said I got this lady here. He goes, yeah. He goes, yeah. They had a they had a house fire back at the right right when COVID happened. This it was just like a. Apparently she got a triple whammy out of this deal, you know. And so, so we've been spending the last two days working with them, trying to get, get the kiddos in school and get them enrolled, you know, and all that kind of stuff. And, and, and it goes back to what you said before, you know, at first I was, I was hung up in paperwork. Okay. You don't have the right paperwork for this and you don't have the right paperwork, you know, and I'm sitting there going, but I can't, but then when I took the time to listen to her story and understand what had happened, it, it, it totally changed my mind to, I got to help this lady, man. I, th- this lady, this lady just wants her kids in school. You know, I understand there's bureaucracy and red tape and we're supposed to do it this way. And we're supposed to do this. And I am supposed, to, but you know what, I got to get, I, I'm going to get that information from somewhere else so that, so that I can get these kiddos in school because right now I'm not, are they, are they, are they getting, are they getting three meals? Are they, are they getting, I mean, all, my, my, my mind completely went from the fact that she as an adult didn't have paperwork to where are those two kids? What's going on with them right now? How can I get them in here so that I can make sure they're taken care of at least between 7.50 and 3.30 every day? You know, and, 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 and that's, that's the piece of what we do that goes back to what I said in the beginning. I have an opportunity in my job to change lives every day. And, and that, that's, that's so important uh, above all else in our mission you know how are we affecting their lives in a positive way every day
0: that's yeah it. brother i love that passion and versus compassion and how yeah, it's they, the, oh man that's powerful well hey coach we are we are wrapping up on our yeah. time together man um any parting words that you want our listeners to hey i just want to like- thank you man I,
1: like i said i've i've uh, i've been a fan of yours since you started doing this and uh it's it's just I, I love it because I think as, as educators, you know, we need to always be looking to learn something new and, and, and maybe, you know, everything, everything I do, I picked up from somebody somewhere. I picked something up somewhere from somebody, you know, when I was a coach, when I, when when I, as administrator, when I was a teacher. And I think that, uh, that us having this conversation, if someone can take a snippet of what we talked about and put it to what they're doing and and their practice and I'll take it back to what I said before and positively affect a kid's life then this hour and 15 minutes that we've been talking right here is is worth everything to me because that's 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 the beauty of our mission we've
0: got an opportunity to change lives every day so. Wow, brother. You, you, you couldn't have closed the show on a better note, man. I, wanted, I But I want to take a minute to it from you, Greg. You know, I, I, I've watched you for 20 years transform into the person that you are today. And what I saw in you the fire, the passion, and the caring about kids, even though we were kind of pointed and our compass was in a different direction, you, you, you still are the same person. And I believe that Shiner ISD is better for hiring you and putting you in this situation, because what better leader to put a person who bleeds education and who understands education, who lives and breathes this, but also is compassionate and giving grace. I think that Shiner Elementary and the region is 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 better off in having an example of what Shiner ISD is putting out as a product. Because what what needs to be put on the map besides the beer is the <laughs> fact that you guys. <laughs> hey, I'm gonna throw it out there. Is the fact that you guys are a family knit community and the fact that you trust each other and and so if I want our listeners to take away you can't be Shiner because you don't have their culture and their history. You don't have the years of transformation. And and as I said earlier about trust is given and mistrust is earned. You guys have given trust and earned and continue to earn that trust in all that you do. And so I just wanna thank you for one, your time today, stepping away from the campus and being on, on the show, two, for being an educator that cares about kids and three, for just being a good friend of mine, man, I appreciate well, you, man. Well, Kevin, thank you so much. I appreciate being on the podcast, and and like I said, uh, in, in, anyone
1: who happens to watch this, you're welcome to contact me. Uh, I was going to say, how tell them how they can get a hold yeah. of you, Greg. So, so uh, you know, if you go to the Shiner Asti website and just go to the elementary school page, there's a, there's a link to my email, um, and you certainly can email me anytime or whatever it is. And then uh, I, I'm uh, I'm I'm still a Facebook guy. I'm I'm like an old man, so I, I don't know Insta whatever and, and <laughs> the other ones i don't know a snap snapchat my my wife and kids have their own little snapchat thing that i'm not a part of and from what i've gathered they spend most of their time on there making fun of me um uh, but which is fine that's that's whatever it is but uh but so so i do facebook so you can look me up on facebook i i i one of the things that happened to me and this i'll tell you how the 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 principal thing actually happened the the, the principal year thing Gary Figueroa down in El Campo. He's a junior artist El Campo. Yeah, I presented at his campus this last year. Yeah, so so Gary and I, of course, are, are good friends, and there were a couple other guys. Gary actually uh, nominated me for for that award, and uh, you know when he called me and told me he was going to nominate me, he said, you know, Greg, you said the one thing that I've really enjoyed over this time, I was I was making a series of of just silly videos. They were they they were kind of like morning announcements but i would i would do these videos and we'd do the tomahawk chop like we do at our football games and then i uh i have a i'm probably the only principal in the world that has has a plunger right here and then uh-huh. i would put my fedora on and so let me uh, here i'll 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 give you a this we'll close with this this, this okay. is how, this, this is how i closed my my videos anyway yep and so um let me see here i enjoyed watching them so i'm yeah, sure yeah so uh And so, this is what we would do. Let's play the Shiner National Anthem, Shiner Song. So, so, this is actually our school fight song, but it's a polka. And so, this is how we would close out our show with me. And there, there's a band here called the Shiner Hobo Band. And there's a lady that dances around with a plunger in front of the band while they play it. And so that's where this comes from. So. That gives you a little idea of, of what we did and how we did it. So anyway. All right, oh, coach. Get to shine. Oh, what a day that will be. So that's, that's our fight song actually. And so that was, that's how I would end my show. So. All right, brother. Hey man, thanks for
0: your time, man. You're welcome, Kevin. Thank you so much. See you later, buddy. All right, brother. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye. Lastly, I want to thank you, the listener, the educator, the difference maker. Your time is valuable. I see time as an investment. And I want to thank you from the center of my heart for making it to the end of this episode. But please don't let this be the end of our relationship. If you have the same passion for putting relationships and connections at the center of all learning, then I need you to subscribe and share this podcast with other like-minded educators. It would be extremely helpful if you would leave a review or a comment on what you loved about the episode, or better yet, Tell me what you want to hear about more in the future. This way, other educators that are searching for impactful podcasts can get a sense of what this show can offer them. You see, my hopes and prayers are that you were able to find one strategy or one idea that you could take back to one classroom to make a difference for one kid. Thanks for keeping relationships first, and we'll connect with you next time.